0: Hey guys, before we get started, we partnered with EasyRX Drug Card to help save you money on your prescription medications here in the US. It's free. There's no club to join. Just bring the prescription discount card with you the next time you're filling your prescription to see if it can save you some cash. If it does, great. If not, throw it away. There's a link in our show notes where you can download, text, or print your prescription discount card. Give it a shot. <music>
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison.
0: And my name's Mike.
1: Hello, Mike. Yo, how you doing? Doing so-so. You're
0: doing? Yeah, you're a little sick this week, huh?
1: Yeah, we went to a haunted house last weekend, and I think I must have gotten something from there. Caught the mung.
0: Yeah. Down here in Florida, everything's, you know, wide open. Well, everything's open pretty much across the country, I would imagine, except for, you know, when it comes to COVID. Except for like California, maybe. No,
1: I'm pretty sure everything's wide open. I think
0: um, New York still, there's some some COVID passports are needed or something.
1: Mm, I don't think so. I don't know,
0: something. But um, yeah, definitely in a large crowded place and not necessarily that it was COVID, but some No, kind of... I'm
1: sure I just got some little cold, but I've just been feeling pretty, pretty nasty and you know, life goes on and you still got to chug along each day, so.
0: And you're kind of funny because when... You get sick, you usually do a lot more while you're sick.
1: No, Mike, that's not true. My yeah. life is hectic. It is. And um, I just, with a sickness, I haven't been sleeping. So I started multiple days this week at like 2, 3 in the morning. And it's just,
0: ugh, it's rough, but... <laughs> Go, go, hopefully
1: go. each day i'll be feeling a little better
0: we had little league yesterday little league again today yeah you were out and seeing cam play how's coaching
1: yeah and then we're gonna watch poltergeist tonight my mom's been staying with us this week which has been lovely
0: yeah it's like having two of you in the house <laughs> except um you know i mean you guys they are crazy folks if you're listening to this like nothing oh speaking of which i was supposed to take the garbage out your mom's just going to be thinking of that she loves taking the garbage out like all the time. She's always looking for the next thing to do, which is so nice because the whole house is clean all the time. But both of these two are just constantly looking around, scanning. It's like robots going, like, <laughs> what this needs to be picked up, you know, and, and then they just do it.
1: You're a psycho about the garbage. You like never want to take it out. So you're constantly <laughs> pushing it down, which I say is dangerous because if there's like a can lid, or like a piece of broken glass for whatever reason, you're going to slice your hand open to save a ten cent garbage bag.
0: Yeah, you know it's more about the environment, really. You know, oh, I just want to make no. sure he it, doesn't care about. He gets that. the most out of it. It's not.
1: It, it, I mean, the, well, yeah, the bag. What are difference 10 cents. does it make if it's going in one bag? It's going in the other because it's more work.
0: So if you just like take it out as soon as it's more up.
1: work is for the environment well
0: no i mean, it really it's for the work
1: yeah, yeah. okay so. the garage is two steps away yeah
0: I, I don't mind moving you know i get you everything you need once sunset you know like we said sunset oh comes you sit down and i get you everything that you need you He's say such a liar oh okay has there ever been a time where you're like mike i'm um, get me if you refill my water when like both of us are sitting down has that ever <laughs> happened
1: it does but sometimes i'm like in the nook of the couch and the the puppy is sleeping on my lap, and it's dark
0: outside. So it's you're not dark getting up,
1: and I'm cozy. <laughs> we all know
0: that you're not getting up <laughs> until it's time to get to bed. So
1: oh, I know you have it so rough.
0: How was the, um, the 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 uh, horror house overall? You're do you a horror house. <laughs> do you call it a horror house? What do you? <laughs> no, a haunted, haunted house.
1: Haunted house. Um, we need VIP passes next time uh, because uh, that
0: was a bunch of bullshit. And I'm cheap, and I don't want to spend on VIP. But but it, if
1: you're gonna spend the money, it it only makes sense to spend fifty dollars more ticket because we. We, the last haunted house, it took us over two hours to get into. and
0: It was terrible. Yeah. It was just like, and then we had two kids, you know, what? what 10 years old. 10 years old. So.
1: Um, and it was late and hours and hours past my bedtime, Lord knows.
0: So, yeah. Ain't oh, yeah. Nobody was happy that time. A lot of complaining. A lot of complaining. I
1: was not bad. You
0: were pretty good. I was
1: pretty good. You know, I was
0: looking for it though. <laughs> you knew that I was like, oh, she complaining. She
1: complaining. Yeah.
0: So I was trying to do little games in the crowd and trying to get people to flash their lights and sing uh, Disney songs. We were trying to do that.
1: Yeah, you were putting your light on, like you wanted everyone to put their light on. I'm like, you're blinding me. Turn that shit off.
0: <laughs> I just thought it'd be cool. That would look cool because there was like a hundred people in like a small oh, area. Oh my gosh,
1: it was crazy.
0: Yeah, but it was it was really it was cool. I was the one in the leader of the line. Mm win mm-hmm. the uh, the scary houses because you guys just didn't want to be the first ones to get scared yeah so i would be putting my like hands out in front of me and you can see the video because now i'm putting out youtubes but i put my finger in front of me kind of like pointing behind me and like to let the people know scare the people behind me yeah don't worry about me
1: much more easily scared yeah
0: i didn't jump at like anything except for the <clears throat> chainsaw guy
1: yeah the next day my throat was a little raw from screaming yeah. but it was fun it you was know, it's fun to be scared it was a lot
0: of fun so i'm glad we did that um, um, so I just want to say, Hey, if you've listened to us like four or five times and tell me if you agree, I think, and you've enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. think it's high time. You owe us a five-star review on Apple. Podcasts. I,
1: don't, I don't like the word. Oh, oh. um,
0: I, I, think it's, I, I think it's okay I think it's okay
1: I do feel like When I'm getting a lot Out of a podcast It's kind of like My duty to help Support them Yeah
0: give, Help us grow
1: And give a review That's my philosophy When I'm listening To podcasts Yeah And
0: why shouldn't Everybody be just Like you sweetheart
1: Well it'd be a scary World if everybody Was like me Mike Well
0: I just want to Point out a couple here um, One of them says One of my favorites You guys rock I love your storytelling your chemistry Thanks for rocking Southern Sass Oh I Love that name So that's
1: Southern Sass
0: And you know Since that was shorter I just want to say um, um, uh, this team duo is amazing. I make sure to listen daily. Keep up the good work.
1: Well, that's very sweet. So we yeah. do appreciate each and every review. Yep. Um, and we appreciate you guys being here. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we appreciate it. And, uh, also just as, as I was doing this, I got a text from an old neighbor um, them over there Uh-huh And he said Is this you guys On our TikTok page
1: Oh how funny so,
0: <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> Allison got a bunch of Views on some of her stuff Mine get like 10 reviews And Allison gets You know Quite a bit so. I don't know
1: about that But I did say At one point On this podcast That one of the guys I work with in ICU He's a physician's assistant He's like Um I saw you on TikTok
0: Yeah Yeah I was so. like
1: Yeah That's me I was so embarrassed If
0: you got TikTok Go ahead and follow us uh, I think we're just Crime and Coffee too
1: Yeah Yeah So yep. I guess we're ready To get started
0: Yeah Can I text him back While you're doing this
1: Uh um, uh, no, because that would be weird.
0: Well, I'm doing it we're right now. We're in the
1: middle of a live I'm podcast, and Mike
0: is. He said, "Is that you?" Yep. Mike is texting him back. Just did. Done.
1: I mean, inappropriate time. Well, okay, we're good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, folks. Okay, so we'll go ahead and jump on into this. So, according to Merriam-Webster, the term urban legend is defined as an often lurid story or antidote that is based on hearsay and wildly circulated as true.
0: I'm sorry, but that reminds me of like every lame-ass presentation that a first grader does. Well... Or first grade through high school, really.
1: I wanted to just give you that definition so you realize <laughs> what urban urban legend means. Okay, I just
0: want to say, and you're doing fine. You're and doing you know fair.
1: what? You're lame, Mike, not well, me. I'm
0: just saying, that's like every, you've just channeled every every high school person that's like okay introduction three paragraphs and the finalization
1: I don't see you doing the presentation today now shut your mouth and listen <laughs> I'm living on your street that's what you're going to be doing this hour so the story of the babysitter and the man upstairs is an urban legend that dates back to the 1960s it's the story about a teenage girl who's babysitting children and begins receiving phone calls from a stalker continually asking her to check the children so this channels me straight back to my childhood. My mom loves scary movies. She loved the movie When a Stranger Calls.
0: Kind of a sick fascination, I would say. Like, especially because you were young. Like, were you like five when she no, showed you this? No, I was
1: probably our daughter's age, right around like nine ten years old. Oh, okay. And actually, our daughter just watched this a couple weeks ago while we were staying at and my dad's house. It. She loved it. So, this movie just reminds me of my childhood but it did stick with me and not so much in a good way because at one point in the movie the murderer opens the bedroom door upstairs and in our house it was like designed similarly that was my sister's bedroom door so when I was a teenager and I would come home after everyone was sleeping I was always terrified to go up the dark staircase and pass that room at the top of the stairs because of this movie
0: well and that's also related to one of our Instagram posts where um, Mm -hmm. you, you have that person you're down in the basement and you shut the lights off you want to run up the stairs it's like somebody's behind me
1: basements are so scary yeah like you said we don't have them in florida but we grew up with basements and mine wasn't finished so it was like super scary yeah so anyway so like i was saying the storyline has been used in a number of movies including the 1979 horror film When a stranger calls that's the movie i was referring to the story you're about to hear is commonly cited as the source of this legend wow So I've never heard this story. So Janet Chrisman was born on March 21st, 1936 in Boonville, Missouri. She was the oldest daughter of Charles and Lula Chrisman. She had two sisters, Retta, who was 18 months younger, and a newborn baby sister, Cheryl. Janet was described as fun-loving, cheerful, exceptionally hardworking. She played the piano and choir. So the family of five, they lived in Boonville before they relocated to the small college town of Columbia, Missouri, which is home of the Mizzou Tigers.
0: Ah, I have a couple cousins <laughs> that went there.
1: Yeah. I've never really been to Missouri, so I'm not very familiar.
0: You got Lake of the Ozarks, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. My family never vacationed there. So they lived on the top floor of the business that they owned, which was Ernie's Cafe and Steakhouse. They, you know, made a modest living. They weren't like well off by any means, but they, they did fine for themselves. So at the time of this story in 1950, Janet was 13 years old. She was an eighth grader at Jefferson Junior High. And despite being only 13, she was exceptionally independent and mature. She was very self-driven and didn't need anyone else's push to work towards her goals. Our daughter is very much like this. Yeah. So, you know, her parents didn't have to hound her about doing things. She took it upon herself to do these things so on the chilly day of saturday march 18th 1950 a dance party was being held for the students of janet's junior high and several of her friends wanted her to come with them and attend the dance but she told them that she couldn't because she had plans to babysit
0: oh that's too bad yeah the dances are fun and i never went to one because i didn't have any friends in middle school but i'm sure yeah i've heard a lot of stories that they a lot of people have a lot of fun at those things
1: yeah they're fun
0: i didn't have any friends till high school so don't worry i, I ended up making some
1: yeah we okay. won't feel too sorry for you yeah so, she was consistently babysitting for two families at the time in the area, and the two families that she babysat for were well acquainted with each other, and they were the Romax and the Mueller's.
0: You know what's funny? Our daughter started talking about babysitting, maybe because of this movie? Mm, which is I wouldn't weird. think
1: that would be a reason that she'd want to babysit. I know,
0: but she just started bringing it up.
1: You would think that would deter her from wanting what to babysit.
0: What a weirdo. What a weirdo. We've got a family of weirdos.
1: <laughs> she also knows about the book, you know, the Babysitters Club, which I grew up reading. Yeah. But she's like, me and my friend can do it together i'm like you don't want to do that because then you have to split the cost exactly don't do that so on the night of march 18th only three days from her 14th birthday janet was babysitting for ed and ann romack so she was babysitting for their three-year-old son gregory janet had her eyes set on a burgundy suit that she had wanted to wear for the upcoming easter holiday and because she was self-driven that she was going to just save up her own money to buy it not expecting her parents to despite the fact that she was only 13. That's
0: a driven kit, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids just think of themselves because that's what kids do. And yeah. Yeah, that's, that's somebody who's well ahead of her years.
1: Yeah, I was impressed with that. So Janet arrived at the Romax home at 7.30 p.m. and they had recently moved to this home. It was in a rural, isolated area on 1015 Stewart Road on the outskirts of Columbia. The couple planned to spend the evening with friends playing cards. Anne was pregnant at the time and looking forward to a night out you know, she had just moved to this new location. She was exhausted and just wanted to spend some time with her friends.
0: It's great to, for couples to get out.
1: It is. And you know, it's a win-win because they're getting out and Janet's coming and making money. So when Janet arrived, Anne told her that Gregory would be no trouble that night. He was already sleeping, and he loved having the radio play as he slept.
0: You know, that's something that we told our daughter, too. It's like most babysitting things are cake. Like, they're mm-hmm. sleeping pretty much as soon as you get there. You're just hanging out. Exactly. So the parents don't feel bad that there's nobody at the house. Yeah,
1: I babysat a fair share um, when I was younger, but some of the kids were just a nightmare. I'm like, oh, man. I had to actually tell the couple I can't do this anymore. It's, it's okay, very awkward, but... So this is interesting, but Ed placed a shotgun near the door and showed Janet how to load, unload, and fire the weapon, just in case something transpired. Oh
0: my God, that's when that's one of those situations you just mentioned. Uh, You know what? Uh, My mom said that she's (laughs) leaving and needs me at home. I I gotta go home. That
1: would scare the crap out of me. So he also instructed her to turn the porch light on if anyone were to come to the door, as he and his wife basically just headed out for the evening. He also told her to lock the door behind them after they left. So that night, the weather began to take a turn for the worse, as the wind, rain, and sleet picked up and the temperatures dropped to the mid-20s. At 10.35 p.m., the Boone County Sheriff's Department received a frantic phone call. When Officer Ray McCowan answered, he heard the voice of a female, shouting in sheer terror come quick with that the line disconnected scary so he couldn't do anything he knew that this was no prank call or he suspected it wasn't just by the the sound of terror in this person's voice but he couldn't trace the call
0: yeah so well, it was nineteen fifty, right? So yeah. Didn't have the technology for mm-hmm. it.
1: So he's basically at the station, like, okay. What do I do?
0: If somebody's in danger somewhere. They're you know what, he what's going He couldn't what's do, do anything. Yeah.
1: So a short time later, Anne Romack called home from the Moon Valley Villa where she, Ed, and the Muellers and other friends were hanging out. There was no answer, and Anne assumed that Janet had just fallen asleep. So she didn't worry about it. They continued their evening out, and at approximately one fifteen a.m., the couple began their journey home. At one thirty-five, they arrived home. The rain was still pouring down. Terrible weather. They noticed that the porch light was on as Ed instructed... Janet to do if someone approached the door. So mm. the light was on.
0: So very suspicious.
1: Mm-hmm. And he also noted that the blinds were wide open. As Ed rifled through his set of keys to come through the front door, he realized that it had already been unlocked, despite oh. having told Janet, lock the door behind us when we leave. Yeah. So initially, he's standing on his porch. He already suspects something's not right.
0: Yeah, that's scary. Yeah.
1: So as Ed and Anne entered their home, they were met with an absolutely horrifying scene. Janet was sprawled out on her back on the living room floor, a pool of blood saturating the shag carpet. Her legs were splayed open, one shoe off, the other hanging off of her left foot. She had a head wound from a blunt object, multiple puncture wounds from a mechanical pencil and an electrical cord from an iron had been cut and wrapped around Janet's neck and Jeez. her cause of death was asphyxiation and it's terrible. But if you Google this, it's, it's don't do it. The photo pops right up of the crime scene Gosh. and I cannot get that image out of my head. She's
0: 13 going on 13. 14.
1: She was a few days from her 14th birthday. Janet had not only been murdered, but she had also been viciously raped. 13-year-old, 8th-grade child. So sad. A few feet away from Janet's body was the landline phone, hanging off the hook, and police are positive that she was the caller that night.
0: So this guy had to know that she was by herself and was watching somewhere. Uh, You'll probably have more information here shortly.
1: I will have... More information, but I'm going to put it out there that this is an unsolved story. Son of a bitch. Yes. So um, they do exactly think that it was janet calling for help before she was attacked and murdered so Anne turned and immediately ran upstairs to check on her three-year-old son greg as any mother or father would want to do when they're met with a crime scene in their home
0: well you can't help janet anymore unfortunately
1: sadly so gregory was peacefully asleep he was unharmed thank god thank god yeah and completely oblivious to the horrific scene downstairs slept through the whole thing so, as Ann checked on their son, Ed called the police, and Sheriff Glenn Powell from the Boone County PD was dispatched to the home, arriving with multiple detectives as well as bloodhounds. Lieutenant Joe Douglas arrived from the city police, which was a different jurisdiction, because the Romax lived 100 yards outside of city limits. And then soon, like we hear in a lot of stories, a leadership battle began with the separate agencies uncooperative with the other, which I never understand because, bottom line, we're trying to figure out who killed this
0: 13-year-old girl. Yeah, let's work together. Let's let's think of something silly here, and how about us two professionals work together and try to solve it you know i mean the fact that adults have such an ego it might be resources too like who gets to own it (coughs) because they can't maybe you know in the files they can't have two different places that own it and so the the money going towards the research you know one can't help the other if it's theirs you know
1: yeah i guess maybe
0: maybe they both wanted you know let's (coughs) assume that they both wanted to find the killer but one of them had to own it
1: yeah so the scene of the crime showed that Janet had put up a struggle. She had fought her attacker. There were blood smears throughout the house. Fingerprints found all throughout the living room, the kitchen. The back door was unlocked and what a found fighter, a jar. Man. And pardon my throat. I really do apologize. I'm sure you can all hear that it's it's a wreck. I'm a wreck.
0: You are a wreck. Well, in general life, but, <laughs> but also.
1: Generally speaking, I'm a wreck. I'm especially a wreck today. Yeah. So bloodhounds followed the killer's trail. They figured that he must have at least left through the back door because it was left ajar. So they followed out the back door and... And they went down a mile from Stewart Road to West Boulevard and across West Ash she- Street, excuse me, before the trail was lost. Keep in mind the weather was awful.
0: Yeah, you said <coughs> rain and slush. And-
1: Terrible rain. So I'm sure it was very difficult to continue ascent when the rain is washing everything away. So they did figure that the killer had left that way. They found shattered window, um, by it um, on the side of the house a window had been shattered and a garden hoe was sitting there so they figured that the killer used the hoe to get in and it was believed that this is where the killer had gained entry to the house muddy papers were also found on the nearby piano however the two police jurisdictions didn't agree that this is how the killer gained entry some detectives believe that janet may have known the killer and allowed him entry into the home because Ed had instructed Janet to turn the light on if someone came to the front door.
0: Right. So she knew somebody was there. We're going to exactly. have to assume. Like, no, somebody knocked or something like that. Yes. Or maybe she was trying to check it out, you know, either way.
1: Mm-hmm. And the loaded shotgun just basically sat untouched where Ed had set it. Mm-hmm. But if I can't understand why a police um, jurisdiction would say, no, we think he came through the front door, then why was the side window shattered? Yeah. And why were there muddy footprints over there? Right. So I don't know. Like,
0: Yeah. You have to have an explanation for that somehow. Yeah. Maybe they thought that he left that way or something. But, but the back why? door was open. Right. It doesn't make so, any sense.
1: It, I don't know. I would think he must have come in through the window. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. But why did she turn the porch light on? Maybe because she heard a noise. Right.
0: And then went there to try to see something and exactly. opened up the blinds. Maybe he sat yes. there for a while and then popped out. And also, mm-hmm. what 14-year-old is going to grab a gun and like sit there and wait? Very
1: know? scary. Yeah. So um the other reason was that they thought that the person could have come to the front door and she just willingly let them in was because the iron was kind of in a hidden area where they had cut the cord and used that to wrap around Janet's neck so it's almost like the person knew where to find it in the home. Oh
0: huh, yeah, and didn't bring it with them. So they knew it was from the house.
1: Oh, yeah, it was the Romax um, iron that this cord was used. Interesting. And like I said, it wasn't just left out. It was somewhere specific.
0: Well, they he probably rifled through the house and tried to find the first thing. Yeah, Ugh. that's possible. Yeah. So
1: law enforcement worked 12-hour shifts trying to track down the killer. They also sought help from the public, asking anyone to come forward if they had any information. Friends, family, students, teachers... Everybody was questioned, though soon a racial bias became apparent as the majority of men brought in in question were black men from the community who were unwarrantedly deemed suspicious, which is ridiculous and an absolute waste of time. (laughs)
0: Like, hey, hey, it was probably a black guy. Let's get a bunch of black people. What the hell? yeah that's uh that's silly um and like no evidence of any sort None. It's they're like...
1: bringing people in that there's no reason to suspect that this person did anything and
0: i'm gonna guess that columbia missouri is probably you know 90 percent white at this point um, I, would, I don't know you know i would have to guess but... i definitely
1: don't know the demographics yeah
0: that's uh that's interesting that's... so
1: yeah but as time went by police were no closer to finding janet's killer so, Janet's rape and murder was not an isolated incident, and this might be why the Romax put the shotgun by the front door,
0: ah. because
1: there have been issues in this town in recent past.
0: That's interesting. Okay. Oh, in the town. So, not in, necessarily in at the Romax. In Columbia, Romacks.
1: Missouri. Not okay. at the Romax, huh. No. So, four years earlier, 20-year-old Mary Lou Jenkins had been home alone on the frigid night of February 5th, 1946 in Columbia, Missouri. She was less than a mile away and only two blocks over from where the Romex were living during this time. Oh. So very, very close.
0: Wow.
1: Her mother was only two houses away that night.
0: <coughs> and you said, uh, four years prior, right? To the whole thing. So, not only... And that's a long time between yeah. You know, these these terrible things. Was there anything else between there that kind of <laughs> pointed to some of these things at all?
1: So, her, mo- her mom was two houses away. She was helping an elderly couple while her father was out of town on business. Mary Lou's mother told her daughter to turn on a light and raise the shades and um, place a phone call to her if anything was amiss while she was gone. Later that night, her mother noticed that the shades were up and a light was on. But she didn't receive a phone call, so she believed that all was well at home.
0: Well, there's only so many things you can do. Like, it takes a while to make a phone call. Right. And if somebody's
1: breaking into your house and attacking you... You're not thinking, oh, I got
0: to get on the phone and make a call.
1: Right. It's not methodical like that. So, the next morning, she returned home and found her daughter on the living room floor, raped, and strangled to death with an extension cord. Jesus. It's basically just as Janet was found. Yeah. Like, almost identically. Sick. The scene was eerily similar to how the Romex found Janet four years later, a mile away. So...
0: I mean, yeah, that's 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 uncanny suspicious, right?
1: So only two weeks after this happened, a 35 year old man named Floyd Cochran tried to commit suicide unsuccessfully after he murdered his wife. He was taken into custody and admitted to his wife's murder. So that was like right off the table. They knew he did that.
0: And I'm expecting some piece of shit to say, yeah, I did it too. And then it's going to be like, nope, he didn't because we know that he wasn't there at the time.
1: Well, what happened was that Boone County police, they interrogated him for 10 hours. And finally, he broke down and confessed to killing Mary Lou.
0: And as we all know, know, interrogation tactics can make you think that you're crazy and have you admit things that you didn't actually do.
1: Yeah, he apparently supposedly made some incriminating statements and that's why they were like pushing him towards this so they had
0: an agenda trying to push this guy and put it on them
1: they wanted to close the case sure there was however no evidence tying him to mary lou's murder floyd was sentenced to death on september 26 1947 via the gas chamber
0: so wait wait nothing to mary lou's murder what about janet's murder
1: no he had nothing to do with janet's okay because only hours before his execution, he recanted his alleged confession, said he had nothing to do with Mary Lou's death and murder, but it was too late. Right. He was still committed to to death. Oh yeah. So he couldn't have had anything to do with Janet's murder. This was years before she was killed. Okay. So nothing came of this statement and Floyd remained pinned as Mary Lou's murderer. Got but it. If I had to make an educated guess, he did he did not murder. Unless her. it's
0: somebody who copycat type of thing, you know,
1: it's possible, but. There was no proof that he had anything to do with her murder. So in the following years, a series of prowlers and peeping Toms emerged in the late months of 1949. Man,
0: I'm glad that this doesn't happen around here. That's scary.
1: Very scary. And you know what I was thinking while I was doing this um, research, which is very strange? Where did the term peeping Tom come from? Who's Tom?
0: Some guy named Tom. He'd like to look at chicks changing. His Uh, name was Tom.
1: Apparently, Tom was doing a lot of peeping. Tom
0: Peep. Tom Peep, Peep and Tom. Tom. And they're like, oh, there goes Peep and Tom again. (laughs) Oh, look
1: at that. Look at that pervert. (laughs) He's (laughs) silly Tom. He's
0: silly Tom looking in at girls (laughs) changing. Yeah, that's a good question.
1: So, this was going on in 1949. And
0: also, it seems like there's less peeping Tom incidents now. It seems like that happened around the 50s, like a lot of peeping toms. Like, even that was a part of Animal House where Jim Belushi or John Belushi was like, you know, looking in the window of those girls changing Mm -hmm. in the sorority house. So, it was kind of a, a thing.
1: Now, everybody's got like ring doorbells and surveillance cameras and things like that. So, it's a lot harder for disgusting perverts to look into people's windows thank god yeah so not only did this whole prowler slash peeping tom activity increase but it also included a string of sexual assaults with the first rape occurring several days before halloween so this was in 1949 a year before janet's death less than a year so this included a 16 year old girl who was babysitting once again, babysitting on East sunset lane and a man wearing a homemade mask with holes cut as eyes broke into the home and raped the girl in the living room. So this was only really months before Janet was attacked. So the next month, which was November 29th, 1949 an 18 year old Stevens college college student named Sally Johnson was home alone. She was one block away from where the previous victim had been attacked. The 16 year old girl Sally was dozing on the couch as she watched TV when an unknown man broke into the home and attempted to rape her. She fought back and was thankfully left unharmed, and the man panicked and ran from the home. So thankfully, she dodged anything happening to her.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, any (coughs) man that's raping is a coward, you know, a a coward that is, you know, you know how I feel about these sexual assaults and rapes and stuff. It's just sickening. I'd say they're worse than... Than murders. I mean,
1: it's just terrible. So, so far we have a 13 year old, a 20 year old, a 16 year old, and an 18 year old. I mean, these are young, innocent girls.
0: These are all the same area, (coughs) you know, all Mm -hmm. the same targets. It's tough. Yeah.
1: So the following day, which was November 30th, a University of Missouri student was on a date with her boyfriend, and they were parked at Hinkson Creek, which is also known as Lover's Lane. And while they were in their car, a man draped in a white hood ordered them out of the car at gunpoint. He forced them, (coughs) excuse me, He forced them several yards away from each other. They ba- he bound and robbed the male and ordered the female to walk with him. There he raped her and then fled from the scene. So this is all happening like boom, boom, boom. We're Be- talking October and then two in November.
0: This is a, a major <clears throat> indictment on like the police of Colombia. Like let's, I mean, you can't catch everything, but there's something going on here. I know you got to figure that there was some kind of clues land somewhere. I know it's the 1950s. It's hard, you know, you had, didn't have DNA and all that kind of stuff, but. Man, alive! That's that's uh, really bad. I mean, rapes. You know, and it's it, yeah, you know, it's not a big town either, right? No,
1: I don't think so. I mean, it is a college town, so maybe that increases the population. Sure, but during the school year, anyway.
0: And then the white <coughs> white uh, hats, oh, the hood. Hoods. Yeah, that's KKK. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you think of right away. And
1: that's just, what I think of. Uh-huh. But um, I would think that people in this town must be very scared during this time, for sure. So days later, on December 4th, 1949, a 26-year-old black man named Jake Bradford was arrested after he was seen peeping into a young woman's window. He was in jail for a week and ended up confessing to the 16-year-old girl's rape at the end of October, as well as the attempted rape of Sally Johnson.
0: Nice. However,
1: when Sally was brought in and asked if he was the perpetrator, she was unable to definitively pin it to him.
0: Which is, uh, you know, pretty good because you probably really want to solve it. And you probably, you know, can you imagine the strength it takes to just be like, I'm not sure. I know know? because
1: you want to find your person so that you have that sense of, you know, safety, at least a little bit. I'm sure after something traumatizing like that happens to you, your sense of safety is pretty much gone. Yeah. But at least you know that that's this person is locked away. So after Bradford's arrest, reports of prowlers and rapes did diminish So people felt confidence that they had the right man and local residents breathed a sigh of relief. This was until then Janet Christman was brutally raped and murdered on March 18th, 1950. This is all happening very soon after each other. We're talking end of 1949. Boom. Janet's case was the beginning of 1950. So Janet's rape and murder was so similar to that of Mary Lou Jenkins which now made local residents doubt that Bradford was ap- actually the perpetrator. Yeah. Because he was locked up at the time. Right. So as police continued their investigation into Janet's murder, they began to suspect 27-year-old Robert Mueller. Now, does the last name Mueller ring a bell to you at yeah, all? Yeah,
0: 100%, but okay. I don't know why.
1: So in the beginning of the story, I told you that the two families she was frequently babysitting was the Romax and the Muellers. Oh, so they're suspecting 27-year-old Robert Mueller. He had been friends with Ed Romack since high school. He was very well acquainted with Janet since she babysat for his children on multiple occasions. After serving in World War II as an Army Air Corps captain, he returned home to Columbia, Missouri, and worked as a tailor as well as helping at his father's restaurant, the Virginia Cafe. He was known to be a sharp dresser as well as always carrying a mechanical pencil...
0: Oh, in no. the front
1: of his jacket, you know, it
0: was weird when you said that about poor Janet. Yeah, obviously, you said it for a reason. But it's, uh, it was weird, like a mechanical pencil. Yeah, stabbing. That's, it's weird.
1: When I was um, in high school, I did use a mechanical pencil often,
0: but well, sure, because they're awesome.
1: I don't think a lot of kids use them these days i don't know our kids don't anyway but a mechanical pencil that's just like a very odd thing
0: well back then it was like metal and stuff so it was you know a little bit more it's not the big <coughs> plastic one that you're thinking
1: yeah. of okay so he's you had
0: to like put lead into there and like mm-hmm. you know feed it in there and close it up and you know move it, and it was like a metal like a nice pencil
1: well that's how we had to put ours in
0: oh well yeah but it was plastic like it's mm-hmm. th- these are metal
1: okay so he was known to always have one in his front jacket pockets. Which is a specific thing. And then all of a sudden this girl is found stabbed with a mechanical pencil. Little uh, coincidental there. Yep. So according to Ed Mueller, um he was when I say he, Robert Mueller, I'm sorry, according to Ed, Robert Mueller was very attracted to virgin women. Like, what a
0: friggin' pervert. You know, and as a man, I mean, I can't understand why you'd be attracted to a virgin woman. Um I, I you know there's there's a lot more experience out there i'm attracted to like experience it's like kind of trying to hire somebody for a job like a, a senior level job that has never done something before mm-hmm. it's like i want somebody who's experienced you know who's been th- through things for 10 or 15 years knows what they're doing you know well, and can do the job right th- th- this time you know i don't want somebody who's fresh out of college like hey i don't know what i'm doing you know
1: to me it just shows that this person doesn't have any confidence in himself and can't perform so he wants somebody that has no idea what they're doing
0: and to Manipulate to manipulate
1: and, and, and feel like he has some power. That yeah. that's my thought is that the person that would be seeking a young person who has no sexual experience, they themselves are lacking confidence in them. And themselves that's and, my uh, thought.
0: quick PSA like we do about every five episodes if you're a female um, or male that is young and you know 18 or under I would say you know, 20 or under and you're being pursued by somebody who's 30 or 40 or something like that that 30 or 40 year old is a freaking loser mm-hmm. everybody that's 30 or 40 thinks that person's a loser because they're going for somebody your age yeah so so know, keep that in mind
1: Roberts 27 which is obviously young but he's married and he has kids like Ugh. what in the hell are you talking about a virgin woman for you sicko. So he spoke about his fantasy of defiling a virgin. And he specifically spoke of his attraction to 13-year-old Janet's well-developed hips and breasts. I'm sorry, dude. Do not look at a 13-year-old girl.
0: And if you have any kind of attraction, don't talk about it, for God's sake. Keep it to yourself. Or actually do so people can recognize that you're a fucking creep.
1: So Anne Romack reported that she felt uncomfortable around Mueller and he had, in the past, made several uninvited sexual advances on her.
0: I'm sweating because I want to, like, bash this guy's head in. But Sorry.
1: And only one day before Janet's murder, Mueller was at the Romac house helping Anne hem a dress, which I thought was an interesting task. Like, why would a 27-year-old man come over to help you hem a dress? I don't oh, know.
0: Because he wants to defile virgins.
1: <clears throat> well, you know, Anne was not a virgin. She no. was actually pregnant. Ugh. And his, like, best friend's wife. So, apparently, while he was over at the Romac house, he reportedly tried to touch her breasts. Like, what the hell?
0: Creep. Definitely creep.
1: So, Anne gave a formal police statement that Mueller was a man who doesn't use words, he uses his hands. So, on the morning of Janet's death, Mueller contacted her, asking her to babysit his children, but she declined as she was already obligated to the Romacks. Mueller was with Aromax that night, though he left the gathering for two hours, claiming that he had to meet a doctor who was tending to his son.
0: I have my hands up right now. I'm thinking uh, that we've got our guy here, Mm -hmm. so I can't wait to hear what happens to this low life piece of shit.
1: So this is a Saturday night. It is freezing cold. It is sleeting. It is raining. And he suddenly says, I have to go. A doctor's tending to my son. (laughs) Okay. So who was home with his son when they were out? I don't know. I don't know the age of his son. This is very suspicious. What his marital status was, where was his wife when he was saying this? Because if you were like leaving a party and you're like, oh, the doctor's tending to our son, I'd be like, our son's not sick. And if he is...
0: I should be involved. I
1: should be there. I'm not going to be out playing cards. Although it's
0: the 50s, he, he might be like, woman, you stay in your place. I got it.
1: Who knows? Maybe his wife stayed home because they couldn't get a babysitter. Sure. I'm thinking that must have been the case. So when police questioned the doctor that he reportedly said was tending to his son, he said, no, I never went to the Mueller home that night. Okay.
0: I mean, to me, this is
1: friggin' crystal clear.
0: Yeah, keep going. So I I don't understand how this is not going to how this is unsolved. But go ahead.
1: The morning after the murder, Mueller called Ed Romack, who was at his father's home. He asked Ed if he needed any help cleaning up the blood throughout his home. At this point, he would have had no idea that the murder occurred.
0: So, yeah, you know, i'm thinking of like nowadays where you knew that murder would occur because <laughs> it'd be on facebook or whatever next door and you know everybody would know and it'd so, be a huge story
1: the Romex didn't get home that night until like 135 in the morning so nobody knew of the crime they had not told a single soul and nothing had been printed in the newspapers yet
0: so what's this guy's answer
1: i don't know <laughs>
0: is he just like uh how'd you know about that <laughs>
1: So Ed also claimed that Mueller would later speak to him about his theories of how the crime had been committed. His opinion was that breaking into the side window would have been too loud and noticeable and would have been much easier to just go to the front door and say, Ed sent me here for some poker chips. Hello?
0: Yeah, I'm guessing that's exactly how it was done. I am
1: assuming that this is what went down.
0: He's basically trying to get caught at this point.
1: You would think something. I mean, either that or he's just one of those people that just can't shut up.
0: bloviating kind of like Mm -hmm. putting through it in everybody's face. Like, you still don't even think I did it.
1: Exactly. So, in May of 1950, two months after Janet's murder, law enforcement compiled all the evidence against Robert Mueller and they came to his house to speak with him. Though rather than following normal procedures with an arrest warrant and an interview procedure, they brought him to a farmhouse outside of city limits where they interrogated him throughout the night.
0: So did he have some kind of connection with the cops, like his dad was a chief or anything? I don't know. I mean, yeah, Nothing uncle. like that was
1: in any of the um research.
0: Okay. I mean, is he in man like do you know about him? Was he like a guy that owned a lot of places in the town or something? I don't think so. Hmm. This so, is fishy, okay.
1: Mueller was taken to the Jefferson or taken to Jefferson city where he was given a polygraph test that he apparently passed.
0: Yeah. A 1950s but, polygraph. Test. Yeah.
1: And even to this day, polygraphs don't stand up, you know, they shouldn't. So with this detectives had to let Mueller go free, but due to the strong evidence, judge WM Dinwiddle, which I love that last name, arranged a grand jury to investigate the case further because of the way Mueller had been investigated, Mueller was never charged with Janet's murder. He ended up suing the police department, though lost the case, and he had just moved to Tucson, Arizona with his family. He passed away at age 83 in 2006 and was never found responsible for this crime.
0: So were there any other rapes after that, after he moved? Like, I'm sure people <laughs> have talked about it. I don't know. Um so probably not otherwise you probably would have read about it. You would think. Uh so, so 100% Robert Mueller did it. I agree. I mean, you had to have. I, there's no doubt about it. And it, because of some bullshit procedural thing uh-huh. that they probably didn't get a, a you know search warrant or something like that when they were investigating him, he got off. Right. So it's like, well, you, that none of that's admissible because you didn't have a search warrant, mm-hmm. which I mean, technically the police should follow the law, but did also did the police do that on purpose? Like try to search so that it would be thrown out you know i would hope not because th- this weird thing about bringing him to this barn to be questioned or whatever, yeah that's, why
1: why did they do that i don't
0: know that's a i don't question. know there's some somebody is trying to hide something <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, maybe there was these two pedophiles that like to go after things and just keep things quiet
1: i don't know i can't wrap my head around why what it happened the way it did
0: so many theories 100 robert mueller did it Um, If you're a family member of Robert Mueller and decide to, you know, say otherwise, I'd love to hear from you. (laughs) Go ahead and reach out to us on Instagram or whatever, Um, because, you know, I'll give you your time for sure. I'm open to any ideas, but I mean, I'd love to hear why Robert Mueller didn't do this.
1: I mean, all signs point to Robert Mueller. For sure. He knew Janet. He Just said he probably went to the front door and knocked and said, Ed sent me.
0: Ed sent me for poker chips. And then he Mm -hmm. proceeded to do all these horrible, just disgusting things. And
1: then maybe just broke the side window as like a ruse. Yeah. You know, to just
0: Throw throw
1: people off. But there were muddy footprints right there by the window. Why would he put his footprints there? I don't
0: know. The partner from the police, probably, or whatever. Yeah, I'm, that's, that's gone a little far. I, yeah, I agree. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, maybe there was two people or something that were sickos and yeah. involved in this ring. I don't
1: know. They never said that it, it looked like multiple people were involved, but... The Romax ended up moving to Idaho Idaho Falls, Idaho. They were perpetually tormented with Janet's murder and the fact that her killer had never been arrested.
0: Well that sucks too, yeah. I mean for obviously for Janet's family. Mm-hmm. You lose your awesome sweet daughter who's Well, yeah, this or, was
1: the Romax. I know.
0: I'm saying it sucks for Janet's family, it also sucks for the Womax yeah. who came home. they thank God their son was fine. Mm-hmm. But you know you're you kind of feel a little responsible because it's well, like it if, happened
1: at their home yeah
0: and even even though you're not you can't be you know you can't control everything and you did everything in your power you gave the girl a, a gun and everything but not that she would use it but you i, I would feel horrible i'd be i like, would
1: i would be sick for the rest of my life yeah, about this right. not again that that was their fault because it wasn't at all, no so they, Ann passed away in the 1980s. Ed remarried and passed away at age 93 in 2016. His son Gregory, who Janet was babysitting, um, had been successful. He ended up settling with his family in Alaska. The wow. Chrisman family, Janet's family, they actually stayed in Columbia, they continued to run the restaurant. Charles Chrisman, Janet's father, passed away on September twenty fourth, 1974, at age 60. Lula, her mom, had moved to Kansas City after his death, where she stayed until her own death in 2009. And their oldest daughter, Retta which isn't their oldest daughter because Janet was their oldest daughter, but her, you know, the next yeah. Retta got married. She had a family. And then the infant when Cheryl, Cheryl good, good memory. Mike. No, it's right here. Okay. So Cheryl, who was the youngest and only was an infant when Janet would, was murdered. She moved to Florida and it's been more than 72 years since the frigid rainy night where sweet Janet Christman chose to skip her school dance in favor of saving money for an Easter outfit. Janet would be 86 years old today if her young life hadn't been stolen from her before she had the chance to turn 14. The Romax and the Chrisman families believe that Robert Mueller was absolutely responsible for Janet's murder. But sadly, the case remains unsolved to this day.
0: I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Robert Mueller, 100% guilty. Mm-hmm. So this isn't unsolved. I mean...
1: Well, he was never charged. He yeah. got to move his happy ass to Tucson, Arizona and live to 86 years old.
0: And this is, you know, part of why doing a, a crime podcast sucks. Like, uh you know, Janet 14 years old, man, and we're just like talking about this like nothing happened and this like totally upended her family's mm-hmm. completely
1: ruined her family's life, took her life away, and meanwhile, this guy got to go on with his life for another, you know, sixty plus years. And then, you know, like, I can't imagine being married to somebody that was accused of this. And I'd be like, where the fuck did you go? leaving the car where well, you guys are playing cards at this place
0: well, also in the 50s you know women well, you are afraid didn't of question men question your husband i'm sure he beat her and stuff and did a bunch of stuff behind her back so he's <laughs> probably a piece of shit i mean he's well a- we
1: know he talked about deflowering virgin women
0: yeah i mean he's allegedly a rapist and murderer so uh you know that's anything's not too far <laughs> she's probably just trying to protect her kids or whatever you know the same yeah. story goes as-, as a lot of women so
1: and you know Anne romack she didn't trust the guy to begin with she's sitting there hemming a dress pregnant with her like husband's like friend and he's touching her breast you i mean you know he's not a good guy
0: well and then he probably comes back and like well she was asking for it you know and all the guys like ha 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 or just
1: denying it and being like she's crazy she's mad
0: drinking their highballs yeah
1: you know she's pregnant she's gotten mad
0: yeah, it's, you know, this, uh, especially with kids, man, those really hit me like, and it sucks that this is just a fleeting story on our podcast mm-hmm. and this like completely f- f- fucked these people's lives. Well, especially and Jana. sweet
1: little Janets. Yeah. I mean, it's, kids don't deserve that. I mean, terrible. nobody deserves
0: any of these. I'm really sorry to the, the Christmas, Christman? Christman family. Christman family. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, thanks for, you know, remembering Janet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she deserved a lot of these victims deserve to be remembered because these monsters take them away from us. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for doing that. Um, I'm gonna mention uh, if if you'd like some more episodes from us, yeah, we do have bonus episodes, and it's available on our uh, Patreon page
1: and you so. always have to say, B-b-b- bonus Yeah,
0: i do think that every time we record a bonus episode. <laughs> every
1: time i tell mike mike we got to record our bonus episode he goes bonus
0: sounds like you really respect me for that <laughs> you're kind of making fun of me it's but. cute mike okay thank you well i want to say thank you to our patrons who are actively getting bonuses bonus episodes every other week or um a couple different tiers so go check it out but colleen lily karen nadine Allie, michael kayla and there's another page here. and we're I mean, we're getting a lot of people here. Thank you so much for all your support. Dominic, Brian, Shannon, Elizabeth, Mandy, Elena, Vivian, Trisha, Lauren, Megan, Jamie. And just when you thought I was done, Kathy and Chastity.
1: You guys are awesome. Yeah. Like,
0: thank you so much. And probably the best looking people I've ever yep. seen. I mean, all your pictures are just stunning, gorgeous. Mike
1: just sometimes just gazes at I'm them. I'm like, I
0: mean, very handsome men, very beautiful <laughs> women, very uh, beautiful people all together. Every single person is a beautiful person on here. So I think it makes you automatically more beautiful if mm-hmm. you keep, or you, you join our patron page. so And
1: thank you all for sticking it out through my hacking and coughing and just patheticness.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to edit the hell out of this episode. <sighs> so I know. And if you're
1: watching the video, I'm like, chugging down my water like a psychopath
0: definitely check it out so so far we got a new uh, youtube video up and this one should be up um in a couple of days too yeah so, hot yeah. friggin mess so yeah. thank you guys i apologize for my wife but overall- <laughs> until
1: next time maybe i'll be better by then fingers crossed yep. all right